For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson with another readout video from our first email newsletter of 2022, and we return to the fray with other people's roundups of the climate crisis that they claim finally hit for real in 2021 again. Actually, we don't. Instead, we have to get a bit ahead of ourselves to say that we just got fact-checked by Agence France Presse, which said that our December 27th readout was double-plus ungood because it said things that, while true, were liable to cause unauthorized thoughts. And they said it in a document that was itself so riddled with factual errors that we are going to take a bit of time to fact-check them right back in an upcoming newsletter. But meanwhile, yes, we know they went after us and put a big red X through our video that Facebook responded by downgrading our post, and that possibly by coincidence, YouTube then limited monetization of another one of our videos. So obviously we're getting to them. Now, if we could just get Greta Thunberg to denounce us. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, a massive cold spell has been gripping North America, threatening pond hockey in Alberta, and creating sun dogs as well as temperature records, about which the press spoke to an optical rather than a climate physicist, because of course, cold, is just weather. Mind you, NBC and others did try to pin a midwinter Colorado wildfire on climate change before the flames were even out, and the University of Manitoba did a sort of end of snow prediction that you can follow right next to Al Gore's about Kilimanjaro, one so bad that even Gavin Schmidt cried foul. While one of our trolls taunted us with the news that it was snowing brutally in Japan. Because you see, climate change explains snow, lack of snow, rain, lack of rain, everything, and nothing. And speaking of explaining nothing, we'd criticized Canada's Minister of Natural Resources for parroting the claim that methane was, quote, responsible for around 30% of the global rise in temperatures to date, end quote, and so we asked the ministry where he got the number. They had no idea, and they finally punted us to Environment and Climate Change Canada, who Googled it. Your tax dollars at work, folks. Now, as for those roundups, British Columbia Premier John Horgan reacted to a cold snap by declaring that, quote, for many, this will be remembered as the year that climate change arrived on our doorsteps. Here in BC, we faced record-setting droughts, heat waves and forest fires, floods and mudslides, end quote. Yeah, as if he thought climate change hadn't arrived in 2020. And just listen to his Minister of Environment and Climate Change, George Heyman. Quote, We're seeing and living the effects of climate change, whether it's extreme weather, whether it's droughts, whether it's the two worst wildfire seasons in BC history back-to-back, end quote. That was on December 5th, 2018. Still, the ritual must continue, albeit with an increasingly ritualistic feel. So Discover Magazine plods in with, quote, Did 2021 deal a fatal blow to climate change denial, end quote? No. Even if they use one of those fire photos with a distorting red filter to claim, quote, from brutal heat in North America and Siberia to devastating flooding in China and Europe, 2021 delivered worsening climate extremes of the kind long predicted by scientists. Streetcar cables melted in Portland, end quote. And wildfires raged, at least in the mind of some professor of journalism who apparently didn't know how to Google wildfire trends. Meanwhile, Canada's public payroll alarmist-in-chief, climatologist David Phillips, declared that, quote, not in 26 years of releasing the top 10 weather events has there been anything comparable to this year where Canadians endured such a stream of weather extremes, end quote. Say, would that be the same David Phillips who a year earlier, releasing the 25th annual top 10 weather stories, said extreme weather was hitting hard? And the same one of whom the year before we were told, quote, for 24 years, Environment Canada climatologist David Phillips has been pulling together an annual list of Canada's most devastating, frustrating, and thrilling weather stories. 
But as the effects of the climate crisis set in, this year felt different, he said, end quote. So let us guess. 2022 will feel different, too, with unprecedented blah, 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 whatever just happened on final proof of climate change that ends the debate again. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you. Because at the Climate Discussion Nexus, we're dependent upon support from our viewers and our readers. Please go to our donate page, make a one-time pledge, or if you can, a monthly one. I'm not talking a lot of money, though. If you've got it, we'll take it. $2 a month, $3, $5. That's the sustaining funding that we need to produce these videos on our newsletter. And now, back to me. In the newsletter, we also mocked Peter Kalmus of NASA for declaring in The Guardian that, quote, the movie Don't Look Up is satire, but speaking as a climate scientist, doing everything I can to wake people up and avoid planetary destruction, it's also the most accurate film about society's terrifying non-response to climate breakdown I've seen, end quote. Well, what we find terrifying is that there are climate scientists who actually think that climate change is just like a comet bringing planetary destruction in six months. Or that there are celebrities like Leonardo DiCaprio who think so. And he plays the Michael Mann knockoff in the film. And he marked a new year cruising around St. Bart's on a $150 million diesel-chugging yacht with a girlfriend half his age to convince everyone that fossil fuel use is causing imminent planetary destruction. By contrast, Eric Worrell declares that Don't Lip Up was, quote, a low-budget amateurish version of Bruce Willis' Armageddon with all the funny bits removed, end quote. If we ever manage to struggle through it, we'll let you know. Meanwhile, we'll let you know that Extinction Rebellion has announced that on April Fool's Day 2022, it will mobilize two million protesters to engage in the, quote, largest act of civil resistance in UK history, end quote. Which Worrell again notes would mean getting 3.5% of the British population to engage in active law-breaking in support of this deeply unpopular cause after a winter of soaring energy prices and deprivation. Good luck with that, mate. Now, speaking of the year climate change finally hit, Michael Mann says, quote, I have spent several months in Australia in 2019, and that really changed things for me. There's almost no place I can go, no experience I can have, without being reminded of how real this is, end quote. Although, as Bjorn Lomberg has documented, without joining the denier camp yet, it's just not true that weather's getting worse at all, let alone that it's hitting humans as hard as it used to. Climate policy is another story which is why one British poll says, quote, a staggering 70% of Brits say they are concerned about the financial impact of increased energy costs this Christmas, end quote, which might explain why even the EU decided that nuclear and natural gas are better than no energy at all and gave them its green blessing. Now, speaking of not speaking inconvenient truths, the aforementioned Michael Mann went ballistic at Mark Morano of Climate Depot directly and at Greta Thunberg indirectly because Morano quoted Thunberg that COP26 was a failure and climate action was mostly fakery. Mann insisted that, quote, Greta's heart is completely in the right place, she's a real leader, end quote, then told her to stop leading that way and let him do it. Now, Melanie Phillips opined that the problem is that climate change is a doomsday cult whose pronouncements have long since ceased attempting to be rational, and they keep calling things the last chance without realizing that people who believe them, including Ms. Thunberg, will logically conclude that if we missed our last chance yet again, then we must be doomed, as the New York Times apparently does with a Postcards from a World on Fire series, so no hyperbole here, but it says, quote, open your eyes, we have failed, the climate crisis is now, end quote. Yep. Again. And we get that the alarmists are chronically frustrated that despite being obviously right and experts and super virtuous and all, they're having trouble shoving the proles into line. But if persuasion doesn't work, perhaps rewiring them will. 
Quote, researchers at the University of Bern have now used brain stimulation to demonstrate that the ability to mentalize with the future victims of climate change encourages sustainable behavior, end quote. So, a clockwork green then? Or just old-fashioned depression? An article by a climate political scientist in the American Political Science Review warns that, quote, contemporary political theory literature largely conceptualizes legitimacy in terms of democracy or basic rights, end quote, and dislikes authoritarianism. But in a crisis like COVID or climate, you can override people's rights to save them from their dumb selves. Like the ones who just can't see the climate crisis, even when we show them a chart of temperature from, in this case, Hobart, Tasmania, an homage to the late John Daly, and ask them to find the obvious differences between cool, comfy 1920 and scorching post-climate apocalypse 2020. In the newsletter, we also continued our plunge into what the latest IPCC report really said about rivers and flooding, this time from section 2.3.1.3.6. And guess what? They're still not seeing a trend since 1950. Some crisis this turned out to be. In fact, it's so bush league that, from the CO2science.org archives, we find that the supposed canary in the coal mine Antarctic glaciers that were meant to be melting had the gall to gain mass instead. Maybe AFP should go fact-check them. Because for the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I sneer at cancel culture. <laughs>